Today's episode is brought to you by Cattle. Every product launch faces a chicken and egg problem. You need reviews to convert, but you need conversions to get reviews. Cattle can help. Cattle helps brands win share. They leverage their consumer panel for insights, collecting receipts, and driving product ratings and reviews. It is the largest daily active survey panel in Canada, with over 10,000 daily active users and over 100,000 monthly active users. Let cattle be your chicken and or your egg, depending on your perspective. Visit getcattle.com to learn more. Take care of yourself. You know, I feel like there's this idea in entrepreneurship, you know, this whole idea around leaders eat last or, you know, and, and entrepreneurs, you know, they put their businesses ahead of themselves. They put, you know, their friends, their family, everyone ahead of themselves. And just, you know, by the time you get to working on yourself, there's, there's, there's nothing left. Welcome to Hearts and Carts, the CPG podcast, the podcast about the people behind the products that are winning hearts and filling carts. This cast is for anyone with an interest in the world of consumer products. We're your hosts, Justin Osborne and Alex Hill, and our mission is to bring you weekly content that helps you be a better and more informed CPG professional. Welcome back to another episode of Hearts and Carts. It's Alex, your co-host, and today Justin and I are going to be chatting with Mitch Cobb, the CEO and co-founder of both Upstreet Brewery and its uh, sub-brand Libra. Uh, Libra makes amazing non-alcoholic beers. That's kind of how I learned about, about Mitch and, and their story and really excited to share it with you today and, and, and learn from Mitch. If you're not already, follow us on social media, either Instagram or LinkedIn, and throw us a five-star review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Those go a long way. And without further ado, uh, let's jump into the conversation. I'm at a Libra, angel eyes, you can make the devil a believer, a crowd pleaser, you're a real teaser. I know it's Mitch, how are you? Great, how's it going? Good, man. Good to see you. Yeah, you guys too. How's, how have you been? Good, life's been Doing good. good. It's been Doing good. good. Enjoying summer. Uh, try not to try not to to, to melt, but <laughs> right. <laughs> all, all well over here. How's how's everything out on out on the island? Everything's great out here. It's been a beautiful summer so far. A few few rainy days, but otherwise it's been beautiful. How wow. how are the bugs? My buddy out there was saying the mosquitoes this year are awful. You bad or no? You know, it's funny. I was uh, just over uh, a friend's place at their pool and i was saying it's the first time i feel like i've seen a mosquito all summer yeah he's just in a bad spot it was brian yam alex that i was chatting with oh yeah he's saying it's like oh the mosquitoes are off out here and it's like oh but maybe he's he's just a baby baby <laughs> maybe that's I, all. I mean it also depends <laughs> on what part of the island you're in for sure yeah yeah i and i live on i live on vancouver island so i'm on the opposite end of canada island but similar idea yeah i do totally. yeah i love pi like we used to when I lived in Ontario, my wife, my now wife and I used to drive out to the East Coast and do kind of an East trip, Coast trip every year. And it was just so much fun. So it's nice. like Charlottetown's like eat as much seafood as humanly possible and yeah. hang out and visit all the different spots. And like everyone's just so friendly. It's so beautiful. There's so much history there. It's pretty cool. You're living in a pretty cool place. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And then cow, a lot of cow's ice cream. Too much cow's ice cream. A lot of cow's ice cream. <laughs> yeah. <for> sure. <laughs> way, yeah. <laughs> way, way too much cow's ice cream. That's one of my ma major memories for sure. But thanks for joining. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with us. No problem. It's my pleasure. 
Mitch, how about I do a, a bit of an introduction for our listeners and then we can dive into things. Sound sound like a plan? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So today, guys, we are with Mitch Cobb, who is the co-founder and CEO of Libra Non-Alcoholic Craft Beer and Upstreet Craft Brewing. And, and Mitch, what we like to do is we just really like to start kind of, you know, right at the start of your career, like maybe, you know, what did you study in school and and how did you kind of make your way to where ultimately you are today with a thriving consumer products brand and and some really cool really cool you know business experience so i'll give you the floor okay well you know i'll say that i never expected to be in the cpg world or even in entrepreneurship when i was in school you know back at umb i mean i started studying my my undergraduate degrees in anthropology and international development you know so the first kind of 10 years of my career about were really in more of the community education space you know and i was working in the community space with immigrants and refugees. And I did that for a little bit. And I kind of realized that there wasn't a whole lot of upward mobility, you know, in, in what I was doing. And I had taken a trip to Bali and that was really where my spark, I guess, for entrepreneurship was formed, you know? And I mean, it was just really interesting being in Bali and everyone that you would talk to was, was, they're doing their own thing. They all had their own businesses and you'd get into a cab and they'd say, are you here for business or are you here for pleasure? And, you know, after a few tries or a few rides, I started saying, ah, yeah, no, I'm here for business. And, you know, and they started, you know, started talking to them and they're like, oh, where are you going and what are you doing? And just started having these conversations that really sort of sparked my interest in, in entrepreneurship and, and the whole idea of, of working for myself and, you know, really sort of, you know, making an impact that way. So I came back from that trip and decided to, you know, because my experience had been in, in immigration, decided to start a consulting company recruiting international students to come to study in Atlantic Canada. Um, you know, and I did that for a couple of years, but I mean, it's funny when I think about it now, because I remember thinking like, oh gosh, you know, look at all these other guys starting businesses. How hard can it, you know, and really got into it. I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing and just made like every mistake you could. And it was just like, completely naive to how hard entrepreneurship really is. And so, you know, after a couple of years, I was like, this isn't going to work out. You know, the whole business model that we had was, was flawed, I would say. So I closed that up and went back to school and, and did my MBA. And so it was really while I was doing my MBA um, that I started to learn about social entrepreneurship and B Corps and these companies like Patagonia and Ben and Jerry's that are, you know, really balancing, you know, purpose and profit. And, and it was like a light bulb went off for me because up until that point, you know, it really sort of felt to me that like business and community existed on opposite ends of the spectrum. And to be able to see how you could like, you know, have a profitable business that still contributed to the community was just like a, a, a light bulb for me. So it took a couple more years. So we started Upstreet, you know, I, from my MBA, I went to Holland College and started teaching in the business program there, teaching marketing. And when the opportunity to start Upstreet came up, I, I dove at it. Awesome. Awesome. So let's talk about that. Like, you know, you've, you've had one entrepreneurial venture at this point. Uh, it was more of a service, it sounds like. And, and you then after this, you know, juncture, you, you decided to go and start something very very tangible in the yeah. brewery. So like, or some of the steps you went through and 
and kind of, you know, talk to us about getting started? Yeah. So, I mean, Upstreet really grew out of my friend, Mike Hogan, who's my business partner and our head brewer, really out of his passion for homebrewing, you know, and he would homebrew every Sunday and, you know, me and some friends would go over and hang out and help him and drink his beer. And, and, you know, we just started talking about how cool it would be to open up our own brewery on PEI. And, you know, the conversations moved from like Sunday afternoons while he's brewing to like Wednesday nights and spreadsheets started getting built. And, you know, it, it kind of reached a point where it was like, you know, if we don't do this, we're going to regret it. And, and so we really dove in and, and started putting together, putting together a plan to open a brewery. And initially, you know, we were talking about doing like a, you know, kind of a small nano brewery that we do on the weekends and keep our jobs. And, you know, the more we got into it and the more we started talking to other people, we realized, you know, in order to make it work, uh, we had to build something that at a reasonable scale, you know? And so, so that's what we did, you know, it took about a year and a half of planning uh, and we opened in June, June 26th in 2015. Amazing. And at that point, did you guys go all in to leave your jobs and, and burn the, burn the ship, so to speak? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I left, I left my job in December to sort of oversee the construction of the brewery. And I think Mike left his job in February and yeah, we went all in. So it was, uh, it was a wild ride because like you said, I, I was going from like a service-based business yeah. into, you know, into teaching, into, you know, opening up a manufacturing facility and a bar and restaurant. And, and Mike was a software engineer who was, you know, going from home brewing to brewing on a pretty big scale. Love that. Love that. Very, very cool. And so what was the experience like making that jump? Obviously super nerve wracking, you know, giving up some security and, and taking a real chance here. Like walk us through that process internally for you and, and how you fully made that decision. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, it was sort of like there was a turning point actually. And you know what? And the turning point was, you know, I was coming back. I had gone down to Portland, Maine, uh, you know, to sort of scout out some breweries and, and check things out. And you know, I remember driving back and, you know, Portland, if you've never been to Portland, Maine, it's a city that's very similar to Charlottetown in terms of, you know, the size of it, you know, there's a really good food scene, very touristy, um, you know, very, you know, very similar to Charlottetown. And, and when we were down there at the time, you know, there were, I think, 11 breweries. I think now there's probably like 30, <clears throat> you know, and, and so coming back, you know, yeah, no, we can, we can totally do that. You know, and, and from that point on, there was just, there was no turning back. It was like a flip of the switch and we'll steam ahead. We're going to do this, you know, and, you know, it's interesting, right? Because at the time people, you know, there was already one brewery here on PEI, you know, one big brewery and then, and then another sort of firm brewery, you know, and people were like, we don't need another brewery. Everyone was like, you're crazy for quitting <laughs> your job and, and starting a brewery. And, you know, we just kept plowing ahead and, and doing it, you know, so, um, you know, and, and I think for us, you know, we made so many mistakes along the way, but I think what has been our savior all along is that, you know, we were willing to make mistakes and we were willing to, you know, learn from them and fix them as quickly as we could, you know, and, and that's how we've sort of learned all along the way is screwing it up and fixing it and keeping going. Well, fast and adjust, right? Yeah. It sounds like, I know one of the things we wanted to, to touch on was B Corp. And it sounds like that's something that kind of germinated during your MBA. You know, talk to us about you know the process and and what you see as as I guess you know the you know 
what it means to be a B Corp and, and you know, what it means uh, to consumers to, to buy from a B Corp? Yeah. So, I mean, back in, in 2017, we, we were the only B Corp. People at that point didn't really know what B Corp was. So, you know, in the early days, it was really more of an accountability tool for us. You know, it really helped guide our decision making. You know, there's always a decision to make. And, and you know, sometimes there's an easy, cheaper way. And, and there's always, you know, maybe a more difficult way or more expensive way, but more so a better way. And so, you know, it was always helped kind of guide us to, to make the right decisions. And, you know, now that we have Libra and, you know, B Corps has become much more well-known, you know, it's really become for us a fantastic recruiting tool to, you know, recruit talent that's really aligned to our, to our values and to attract really great employees. And, and like you said, you know, it's, it's really a mark that consumers are starting to look for because they recognize that B Corp company are, are good companies that employees right and are giving back to the communities and, you know, trying to make, you know, reduce their environmental impact. So true. World needs more of it. Um, Libra, you just kind of touched on Libra. And I guess like for clarity, like I actually knew of Libra before I knew of Upstreet. Uh, and it seems like Libra, I see Libra everywhere. And I, I originally started ordering through your, your e-commerce, but now I see you guys in like the, I'm in Ontario. I don't know if I said that at the start. So like I see you guys in like the LCBO. I see you in a number of retailers. So talk to us about that decision and, and how, like, I guess like Libra's part of Upstreet, but almost feels like it stands as its own brand as well. So talk to us about the kind of story behind making Libra and 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 where it's been going. Yeah. So, you know, I guess after being in the beer business for a couple of years, you know, there was just always an opportunity to have a beer, you know, and everyone who wanted to meet with you <laughs> wanted to meet over beer. And after work, we'd all go out for beers, you know, all of our events you know, beer festivals and, you know, everything revolved around beer. And so, you know, after a few years, I gained 50 pounds. I was feeling like not on top of my game at all. And, you know, made a decision that I really wanted to start focusing on my health and wellness. And at that stage, we had kind of started looking into non-alcoholic beers and doing a bit of research. But, you know, that was really sort of the, the catalyst because, you know, as I was sitting at the bar one night drinking an IPA, I started thinking about how many calories are in an IPA and started adding up how many calories I was consuming in a week from beer. And I was like, okay, if I want to lose, you know, I set a goal to lose 40 pounds before my 40th birthday. If I want to lose this weight, I got to, I got to cut out beer, you know, and I did that and I felt great. And, and so then I was like, you know what, I'm going to cut out alcohol altogether for, for a while and see how I feel. And I felt great. I felt amazing, but you know, I still wanted to go out. I still wanted to do all the things that I typically did. You know, I still wanted to go out with friends. I still wanted to go out for dinners. And, you know, I didn't want to feel awkward, you know, with a glass of water or, you know, and so Hoagie and I really started to dive in and to talk about what it would take to make a really great tasting non-alcoholic beer, you know, and, and it took, you know, around two years of research and development and trying different methods. And, you know, we looked at kind of the technology that was out there at the time, vacuum distillation, reverse osmosis. And ultimately we landed on developing this process uh, that's, you know, very similar to how we make traditional craft beer, but just make small tweaks along the way so that it only ferments out to 0.4%, you know? And so we launched Libra in October, October of 2021. Um, 
maybe October. Yeah, there, there was a big event that happened there that kind of screwed up the timing for just about everything. So now it feels like <laughs> yeah. now, now it feels like those years didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't 21. It was 20 because it was like perfectly timed <laughs> after like six months of COVID when everyone's sitting home and drinking all afternoon yeah. and having like happy hours while they work. You know, and it was it was kind of right at that period where everyone's taking stock of their lives and realizing that they need to cut back on their <laughs> yeah. consumption too. So it was October of 2020. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's that we launched with the pale ale and really made the decision that we wanted to go all in on non-alcoholic beer. We didn't want to add one beer to our one non-alcoholic beer to our beer portfolio. We wanted to build out a full range of craft beer styles, you know, so that there is something for everyone. And and you know, and, and so we just started Innovate, you know, and we've since launched, I think, seven. Actually, we just launched Lime Lager, which I think is our eighth different non-alcoholic beer. Nice. Um, and, you know, in uh, December of last year, Libra actually split off. So it's now its own company. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's interesting that you say that you heard about Libra before Upstreet because, you know, when we were first launching Libra, we put Upstreet on the can thinking that that would give some street cred to Libra as we were launching. And it like mm-hmm. was like no time at all before like Libra started giving upstreet cred. So to well, it, it is a, like, first of all, I'm, I'm drinking the pale ale right now. And I mean, it's a really nice, easy drinking beer, but to your point, you know, you said you were thinking about this while drinking an IPA, having like a hoppier flavor profile. Like, I mean, the product's great in the can, but one thing that I love, I mean, I think the branding, like the name is simple, yeah. two syllables, recognizable, unique in the space. I just, yeah, I mean, maybe talk to us a little bit about your approach to packaging and branding. Like, I, I think you guys have done a great job and I'm just curious about your methodology and its approach. Yeah, we worked with um, a great, uh, I guess, CPG branding company, Alfax, Little Monster, to really develop the brand. But, and, and Sunil, basically a one-man show you know, really did a phenomenal job and really got what we were trying to do. And and really what we wanted to do was make drinking non-alcoholic beer cool. You know, we wanted people yeah. to feel confident walking into a room with a four pack of non-alcoholic beer and not like stand in the corner and pour it in a glass and have, you know, so that no one would see what they were drinking, you know? And that was really sort of the, the catalyst it was like, how can we make this cool? How can we make it so that, you know, we're not waving a sober flag or we're not telling everyone that we're not drinking tonight or and it's funny because that was sort of where we initially we were initially thinking but i think it's like shifted so much in the last couple of years where like now people are so confident walking in with non-alcoholic beer whether they're you know bringing some non-alcoholic beer and having a couple beer or whether they're not drinking that night or not drinking for the week or, or whatever. And it's so cool to see, you know, because everyone wants to come in and they want to talk about it and they want to share it, yeah. you know, they want to tell other people about it. They want people to try it, you know? And so really it's, it's about creating that kind of craft beer community, you know, where you want to talk and kind of geek out about what you're drinking, but do it with non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. Yeah. And it does make sense. I think we didn't really mention up front, but we met you at CHFA. We came by the booth. We tried the product. I had the stout. I love stouts. I was like, this is the best non-alcoholic beer I've ever had. Just tasted exactly like beer. To Alex's point, the can is great. I think Alex at the time said he dreamed of a time where he could bring a non-alcoholic beer to work and have it at lunch. Was <laughs> 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 what he wanted to do. And so it's just like a kombucha. Why can't, why can't I do that? So I think you're, you're, uh, 
you're on your way there. And I think the, the taste is just so important. It was, has that craft brewery taste. A lot of non-alcoholic beers I've had in the past are, are very simple, like Pilsner type products, right? But you have yeah. such a, a vast array of products. I think that's a huge differentiator for you. And, and part of the reason that like the trend is taking off so, so massively, because people don't want to sacrifice taste. They want something that still tastes me. Like I genuinely like the taste of beer, but to your point, I will gain too much weight and I just can't drink all the time, right? Like it's, it's just not good for me. Yeah, so right. sometimes I just want something that tastes good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, you, you want something that tastes good or, you know, it's interesting because really what people crave, I think is, is the ritual, you yes. know, whether that's like yes. coming home from work and cracking a beer or going out with friends and having something in your hand, you know, it's, it's more about the ritual than it is the alcohol. And if you can replicate the ritual, you know, then, then it's, it's an easy, it's an easy switch. I, I've been making this switch for a while. And like I started a few years ago, trying to do start of the year, I try and do a hundred days. I'm totally like no alcohol, but even when I'm drinking alcohol now, I'll bring like three Libras and like three IPAs for a night where I'm going to be like playing cards with my buddies or something. And I'll just put them in between. Um, and like, to your point about IPAs, like that, that, that reduces my calorie intake by like 550 or 600 calories or something crazy like that. Yeah. It's just a huge difference. I feel better. And, you know, no one, no one even notices that I'm doing something different half the time. Like, you know, I, it's, it's completely seamless in terms of, you know, my enjoyment, like having the ritual, like to your point is like, is not at all hindered by making that switch. Yeah. 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 And, and we see the exact same thing. And I mean, it was interesting having a, having a tap room so we could sort of watch people's buying hats, you know, and, yeah. and it was exactly that, you know, it wasn't people coming in who were necessarily sober and it was never really about sobriety, but all about, you know, giving people an option to moderate their alcohol mm -hmm. consumption. And, and, you know, so people come in on a Friday night and they buy a four pack of IPAs and a four pack of whatever Libra they're, you know, they're sitting at the bar and, you know, it's Thursday after work and they have a beer, but they have to drive home or they have to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. They want to stick around a little longer. They have a couple of Libras, you know, and, and yeah. So it's all about having this ability, you know, integrate non-alcoholic option evening or into your help you, you know, moderate your alcohol. Yeah. I've worked in the plant-based space for a number of years and we use the term flexitarian, which are people that aren't vegan, but they want to, you know, include more plant-based food into their diet. And that's like a huge trend that you're seeing. I think non-alc is, is similar in a lot of ways, right? Where it's not like people are going hundred percent sober, but they're just trying to be a bit healthier, you know, trying to consume less, of course, right? Like all of those reasons. So I think that'll I'll continue. Tell us about some of the, the fun partnerships you have. So, uh, you know, two things that's that stood out to me was Serena Ryder, who Alex and I were talking about her music kind of ahead of time. And then also what you're doing with Art House. I thought both of those things were really, really cool. Yeah. So we've had a partnership with Serena Ryder from like really early on. You know, I, I think, you know, really I'm trying to terrible with my dates today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was it was around the, it was in the spring of 2021, you know, and at the time. She had released an album called The Falling Apart that talked about her mental health journey. And, you know, one of the songs on there talked about her, her sobriety and, and deciding not to drink. And so, you know, we sent her some samples, you know, hoping that she would maybe, you know, puss or whatever. And, you know, and she, she loved them and she loved the brand and loved what we were doing. So her team reached out to us and said, you know, we'd like to talk about making a, a bigger partnership. And it's, uh, you know, once we got talking, we just realized that, you know, our, 
values were totally aligned. You know, our messaging was very much in line. She was doing a lot of work in the music industry in health and wellness and educating up and coming artists on, you know, navigating the music industry and, and managing your health and wellness. You know, and there's a big conversation that's you know happening in the music industry right now around mental health and, and alcohol consumption. And so, you know, it was just like, it was a perfect, perfect partnership. And it's been really great. Her team is amazing and we love working with her. And so, you know, 1% of all of our sales go to her music incubator and nonprofit art house, which, which is just that it's a music incubator for upcoming artists and a lot of workshops around health and wellness, you know, and sort of navigating the music. It's, it's great. She's been a great ambassador. I love that. I, I think uh, it's definitely a space in an industry. And I feel like this is maybe true of like other industries, like the service industry and stuff, but like young people get into these spaces and like, when you're young, you just feel like, you know, you don't get hangovers. You just feel like it's, you know, you can just, you know, party all the time, but like having, having the, the influences and, and kind of the guidance of like, you know, people who have had success in, in a space like that to, I don't know, just help, help people navigate lifestyle and, and, you know, optimize for really like sustainability, like in any, any career, right is what I think once you hit like your thirties, you start to realize like sustainability of yourself as a thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, I just think that's great. Like that's an awesome initiative to be part of. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, and you know, I mean, we're all big music fans and, and upstreet, you know, is very much rooted in the arts and culture um, industry or, or scene here on PEI and in Atlantic Canada. So it really felt like a natural progression. And, you know, that was really one of the areas that we identified. I mean, one, the music industry, but two, you know, music festivals and concerts, you know, really trying to take Libra and, you know, allow people the opportunity to socialize without sacrifice yeah. everywhere they go, you know, whether that is like a music event or festival or sporting event or restaurant. So, you know, it's been, yeah, it's been really great. And the reception has been really interesting. You know, we were the first non-alcoholic beer sponsor at the Ottawa Blues Fest. Cool. You know, when we first started talking to them about it, they were like, you know, why do we need non-alcoholic beer? You know, and yeah. after a couple of meetings, they kind of started to get it. You know, the Ottawa Blues Festival goes for like 10 days. It goes all through the week. You know, yeah. you're like people don't want to go to a concert on a Wednesday night and have to go to work on Thursday morning hungover, right? Like you're missing yeah. out on a, you're missing out on a big opportunity, sales, and, and to provide your customers something that they're probably looking for. You know, since we've launched that, you know, this, we just finished our second year with them and, you know, the response is incredible. Yeah. And DDs too, right? Like anyone who's like, there taking care of their friends, like give yeah. them, give them some cater to them, right? Like make, make their night just as fun. Right. Curious for you, like more of a CPG question, like what has it been like building the Libra business versus the upstreet business? Like obviously upstreet you know, is, is more of your traditional brew pub model. So you're, you're there with the bar, but also I'm sure selling in retail, but Libra opens up so many potential doors for you. So mm. talk to us a little bit about that exercise and in, in building out Libra. And obviously you have a pretty strong DTC presence, but what's it look like on the brick and mortar side? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's been interesting because when we first launched Libra or when we were planning Libra, that was, it was sort of, that was our thoughts. We're like, wow, okay, we're going to be able to sell it online. We're going to be able to sell it in grocery stores. We're not going to have to pay all of the tax that we do when we have to pay with alcohol. <laughs> Margins are going to be so big. Like this is a gold mine. Um, 
and quickly realized that it wasn't, <laughs> you know, and that like, costs a lot of money to ship effectively water across the country. And, you know, the, the CPG world and, and kind of the, the grocery retail world is very different. And, you know, took us a while to sort of figure it out. We were really lucky. Deb Coleman, who's our co-founder, was the first person we brought on. He has a, you know, 10 year experience and 10 years of experience in the CG world. So, you know, she really knew what she was doing and, and her have anywhere near the presence that we do now. But, you know, even with retailers and, and the conversation is, is really ongoing in that, you know, major retailers are, are really just kind of starting to take notice on the last year, you know, first when we were going out, knocking on doors with, with grocery store chain, you know, they're again, sort of like, well, we've got, you know, the five brands that we've had for the last 10 years and four feet of space. And, you know, we don't really feel like we need anything more or we don't, you know, and, but there's been a real sort of shift in, in the last year, you know, and now retailers are, are coming to us really cool. And then on the other side, you know, there's the whole liquor chain, you know, and, and again, you know, we were going to liquor community. No, we don't want to touch non-elk. That's really in a grocery store. We got listed at the LCBO. They're sort of the first to take us. And, and it's amazing because everyone really pays attention to what yeah. LCBO does, you know, and, and all of those liquor commissions that said like, no, we're never going to touch it in the last year have come back to us and we're launching a section to be in there. So Very cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think for us, it's just been sort of, you know, being persistent, you know, continue being patient while starting. Yeah, sure. You know, I've been gone from Ontario for like six years now. I still, when I'm back, take LCBO magazines. I love them. So I can see how influential <laughs> they are on, on the rest of the world. The BC magazines are not as good at liquor stores. I guess that, like that brings up a point, like where, if somebody's looking for your products, like where can they find them? So on, on your website at the LCBO, you know, where else could they go to find them across Canada? Yeah. So, I mean, in Atlanta, Canada, we're in Superstores and Sobeys. In Ontario, we just launched with Fortino's and Healthy Planet. We're right. also at LCBO. We're going to be launching at the end of this month, the IPA into Save on Foods at West, which nice. is exciting. And yeah, a number of online retailers. So I think, uh, you know, and then lots, lots more to come this fall. So awesome. We'll, uh, you'll be seeing us in a lot more places. I think the IPA will do well at Save on. Vancouver is IPA obsessed. <laughs> they can't get it up of it. So yeah, I think that one will do really, really well. It's a smart one to put out there. So obviously continue to expand, add more retailers, probably new flavors or extensions. You know, like what, what's next for you guys? Like, what are you working on? What can you tell us next year? What's going on in your world? And of course, don't share anything with us. That's a huge secret because we are going to publish this, but anything that you want to share out there that you can of the future. Yeah, you know, I mean, we are just continuing to expand our distribution. That's really where our focus is at right now, you know, and then really pushing to continue innovating and coming out with new products. Nothing that I can announce today, <laughs> but, uh, you know, definitely continuing to really, now that we have sort of our flagship Libras out there, really start into different seasonals and trying more experimental things, you know, exploring, you know, using more kind of functional ingredients and playing around with some stuff like that. So, yeah. Also do really well in Vancouver, functional, any functional ingredients. So I like that angle. Sounds cool. Yeah. My, my ears perked up. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to whichever CHFA we get to test that at. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Mitch, there's a question we ask all our guests. I like to call it your brand crush. 
what's a brand out there where you either buy the product and love it, or you just think what they do as a company is awesome and you just want to give them a shout out? Well, um, I, well, I heard Andrew's podcast uh, from Made with Local. <laughs> that should you know, give Libra a shout out. So I, so now you feel compelled. <laughs> Reciprocities. I love Made with Local. Uh, my son eats them all the time. Can't keep them stocked in the house, but I just, I love what they're doing. I mean, one, Sheena and Andrew are just fantastic people, but you know, I love that they're B Corps. I love the whole idea of the bakeries and really, you know, they've done a really good job of really leaning in. I love them. Also, they're an East Coast brand. Great brand. Yeah, 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 for sure. And yeah, everything about that brand, I think is pretty special. And like the product itself is freaking delicious. Like I eat them a lot. So we get, we get the mixed packs and make quite a few of them. So peanut butter great... blondie, I can't keep them in the house. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I eat those since my wife eats the mint cocoa, eat the peanut butter brownie ones too. Yeah. I, I we eat all, like yeah. but no, that's a great brand. That's a fantastic brand. What a, what a world this is now, Alex. We're getting people mentioning one brand and then that brand's also mentioning back to them. This is like a beautiful full circle moment. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is new for us. Um, Okay, Mitch, last, last question. You've been very gracious with your time here. And this is what we call sort of our, our soapbox moment. So if you were talking to yourself uh, 10 years ago, before you became an entrepreneur, or talking to somebody else that was thinking about going down a similar path, what type of advice would you give them? You know, I, I think I would tell myself or tell someone else, take care of yourself. You know, I feel like there's this idea in entrepreneurship, you know, this whole idea around leaders eat last or, you know, and, and entrepreneurs, you know, they put their businesses ahead of themselves. They put, you know, their friends, their family, everyone ahead of themselves. And just, you know, by the time you get to working on yourself, there's, there's, there's nothing left, you know? And I think that like, as entrepreneurs, you're your own secret weapon, you know, but in order to do that, you need to take care of your, your mental health. You need to take care of your health, you, you know, and, and if you can be on top of your game, you're, you're invincible. And then you have the energy to give to your family, give to your, so, you know, I think really kind of flipping that script from like putting yourself at the bottom and putting yourself to spread out. That, that's incredible advice. Yeah. I, I completely think that that's fair. And there is a bit of a, almost like you, you need to be working a million hours and be stressed out if you're doing it, but you're going to burn out. Like there's no way that you can do that long-term and then your relationships are going to suffer. Your business is going to suffer. Like, yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's spot on. hundred yeah. percent buy into that. Yeah. We are our own golden goose, right? You can only get so many eggs out of that goose before it gets <laughs> tired. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, I haven't heard it described that way, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh Mitch, this was awesome. Really appreciate you you making some time in your calendar to come on and, and share your journey with us. And uh I effing love the product. So thank you for making it and uh excited to continue seeing it uh, in more and more stores and just love the brand and what you guys are doing, what you guys stand for. So, you know, gonna be watching uh watching you guys take over. Yeah. You know you got a couple fans here. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you both so much. It's been awesome to chat with you and yeah look forward to seeing y'all at chfa sometime here soon yeah and we gotta we gotta take this show on the road and head out to pei because i think that would be a worthwhile Agreed. trip and, and head out there and have some non-alc and alc beers and, and hang out so we'll figure 100%. out a time to do that for sure we gotta go on a, a cross canada trip alex somehow alex you pay, you pay and we'll go together and <laughs> <laughs> that'll be great well yeah. we would love to host you here anytime 
Yeah, but really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Awesome talking to you and, and some, some great advice and feedback and just a really cool story. So thank you. Thank you both. We'll talk soon. Talk soon. Bye. Man, Mitch is a great guy. I love that conversation. What uh, what do you think? Yeah, really cool. I I loved so many things that he said. I love that he shouted out a local brand at the end. I think for me, what I really enjoyed about his story, or like my my big takeaway, was like his his path to founding Libra was very much a he had a personal problem that he wanted to like fix, right? And he thought there's probably a lot of other people that are having the same issue as me, right? Which was like drinking too much beers, gaining weight. I can relate to those two things <laughs> and, and, and wanting to fix some of that. Right. So it's like sometimes identifying something in your own life that is a pain point and solving for it is the best type of business you could possibly create. And that's turned into this amazing brand that um, is growing and, and maybe one day will give you the goal of being able to drink at work, Alex. <laughs> we will get there. <laughs> we will, we will get there. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I really like that conversation. I think it just like tapped in. Like, first of all, like echo what you said. Like, I, I think I've, you know, I've had those same, those same problems to solve before. Um, but I think like what it helped me, like, you know, and it was kind of his takeaway, but it was kind of throughout, um, you know, helped me reflect on and, and you know, re-clarify for myself. It's just like the importance of, you know, sustainable lifestyles right like yeah like not like sustainability and like the you know the environmental sense but like in the wellness sense um like having like a a balance um that allows you to thrive and to and to you know live life to the fullest each day and i think um libra is one of these brands that makes that a little easier for people and in, in a real way and i uh i got a lot of respect for that and i think you know in addition to that, I just think the product's awesome. And, and as I said, the branding's awesome. So yeah, I think, I think really for me, like, you know, something just, uh, you know, when I'm managing myself, but also when I'm like working, managing my team, like that, I think it's just important for me to always remember is, you know, when people aren't operating in a way that they can operate in indefinitely, it's like, it's a, it's a concern. You need to try and help yourself and others find that balance. Yeah, it can manifest itself in bad ways, right? And affect everything in your life. So it's it's incredibly important. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, great conversation. Um, interesting career path, very different than a lot of other entrepreneurs that we've chatted through. And he said one line around like Libra that I loved, which was like socialize without sacrifice. I was like, that is just the perfect three word line for that brand. Um, absolutely perfect. But, uh, but yeah, and a nice, a nice shout out to our boy Andrew Russell as well there at the end. So that was kind of good. Anyways, if, if you guys are still listening, I just want to say thank you. We love you. Uh, we appreciate you going on this journey with us. If you haven't already, remember to like, subscribe, follow us on social media, and give us a shout. If there's someone you think we should be interviewing, if there's something you like, if there's something you don't like, like let us know and engage with us, and, and we'll be happy to incorporate that in. Without anything else, we'll say have a good night.